This week, we are bringing back an episode on engaging live streamers that we originally published on September 6, 2019. As live streaming has only become more popular, we thought the information shared in this episode would be helpful again for organizations looking to engage online content creators. Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Welcome to the SG Engage podcast. I'm Rosalind Muir, Director of Blackbud Labs, and I'm here today with Ali Sweetman, Charity Program Manager at Twitch, to talk about how nonprofits can work with content creators to raise money with live streaming. Welcome, Ali. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, so, by way of intro, can you share with us a little bit about what you do at Twitch? So, the fancy buzzword thing that I do is I work on, with nonprofits to help them kind of revamp their strategies to include millennials and Gen Z, Gen Zers into their programs and make them more friendly to be available for live streaming. Also, I do a lot of education on like, what is Twitch and what does it mean to live stream and things like that. All right, let's start there. Can you tell us a little bit about what is Twitch? So Twitch is a place where you can live stream things. And that sounds really vague, but it is that vague. Um, Mostly it's people who are live streaming themselves playing video games. So they will capture themselves via a webcam. They will capture their game feed. They will overlay it together through either a special tech called OBS or XSplit or something similar. And they will shoot this feed out to Twitch and then their chat can interact. And there's a few second delay depending on everyone's internet, the people watching, the people streaming, and the people in chat get a real time interaction. So in a really fun buzzwordy way, it's multiplayer entertainment. That's that's pretty cool. So you mentioned gamers. I know there's more than just gaming happening on Twitch. Um, and I've heard you refer to these folks as content creators before. Can you talk to us a little bit about who are the content creators? What kind of content are they creating? Yeah. So the content creator pool is really diverse. They come from people from all over the world, varying ages. I've seen some grandmas and grandpas that, that do it. Um, it's uh, I've seen some kids as young as 13, our platform is 13 and up, so we've seen some youngsters getting on there. And it's really anyone who wants to take the time to create content or stream. When we think about content creation, it sounds like a really foreign term, but someone who posts on Instagram is a content creator. Someone who tweets is a content creator. So basically anyone who posts anything on the internet or creates any type of anything anywhere is a content creator, and it's really about working with those who best know how to monetize or make a business out of it. Cool. So I know uh, part of your job, big part of your job, is working with creators and streamers who are doing work with charities. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that looks like just generally today? Yeah, so sometimes it's really simple. They might ask me, like, I'm looking for a mental health charity that serves this type of program do you know of anything and sometimes it's directing them to a nonprofit based on my what knowledge I have sometimes they're like I get an email and it's like I found your email I've never done a charity stream but I'm really passionate about it can you tell me how to get started 
and so we'll go through some of the motions of usually we talk about like what type of content they create and the best possible way for them to engage that type of content and sometimes the creators that I'm engaging are more brands so poker organizations soccer organizations various organizations you might consider their content more premium or upper not user generated type of stuff you might find on TV and they're bringing a specific event to Twitch and so they're like how can we make this an event that will encourage people to donate and so we go through a lot of that type of information. Pretty cool. So so you've got creators and streamers approaching you about how to support um, causes they care about. What about when it comes from the other direction where it's an organization that's seen maybe they've seen successful um, programs, you know, by other orgs, or they've seen um, streamers uh, fundraising, and they're wondering, is this for me? How do I get started? What do you say to them? So the first thing I do before I hop in a call is I give them a, the primer that I have. And the primer does kind of scare a lot of organizations away because they kind of realize how much on the boots, boots on the ground type of relationship building it takes. And particularly smaller organizations maybe don't have the time. And if it's a larger organization, they struggle with the getting approval to spend the man hours on something. And really what I point to is I point to organizations that are well-known like St. Jude or Children's Miracle Network or Movember, Wounded Warrior Project, Save the Children, and kind of explain like these larger organizations had one person starting off and now they have more people working on these programs. And while you may not raise a million dollars in your first year, you might raise 30,000 and that may not seem like a lot, but if you build these relationships up, it, it can grow every year. And it gets to the point where I like to t- talk about how for St. Jude, Save the Children, all of the ones I mentioned, creators will reach out to those organizations and say, I'm doing an event. This is what I'm doing. Is there any way you can support me? And so it's eventually will hopefully for your organization get to a point where people are coming to you and say, I'm doing this event for you. How can you support me? And that's always a, a great feeling. And I believe most most organizations can get there. I do think some causes are a little bit harder than others because impacts sick children, puppies, you know, those types of things are probably the easiest things to care mm-hmm. about because there's photos to go along with them. But I do think that recent, recently No Kid Hungry and Feeding America has joined in on trying to fundraise on Twitch. And you notice that people are starting do care about other things aside from children and puppies. It's just making sure that you're building those connections and providing the resources. So do you have any advice about how to get started on building those connections? Like, let's say for organizations where they're not getting approached yet, like where do they start? What do they do? So a really low hanging fruit, if you can convince your social media manager, is people who interact with Twitch, watch Twitch or anything like that, know somebody that streams on Twitch or watches somebody on Twitch. And I've recommended to organizations, large and small, you know, tweet out and say, hey, we're looking to watch, check out some streams while we're at the office today. Can you recommend anybody? Can our can our supporters recommend anybody? And they may, all of a sudden, you may have a long list of streams to check out. And when you go check out their streams, you know, that's not the time to talk to them about it, but you can get a really good feel by creating your own personal account. I always recommend before an organization goes and creates an organizational account, they create one for themselves, it's personal, and they just spend an hour on Twitch and maybe visit three, four channels and talk and kind of 
feel the magic. It's really hard to like explain it until you experience it. Mm-hmm. And that's a really simple way. Low hanging fruit is social media, um, email. Lots of creators have emails listed everywhere and they can find their email on their Twitch page, their Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and just sending them an email, just asking if they're interested in this cause will help a lot. Sometimes they might not respond, but it's not because they're being rude or they didn't get the email. If you do do it too wordy and a spam filter catches it, so kind of write it. Don't send a copy paste email. Those always get caught by spam. But if they don't respond, just know that it's just because they didn't want to say no and try again at a future date with a little bit less information. Too much information can scare people. And then if you're able to, if you live in a metropolitan area, there's conventions. You can go to a Comic-Con, a PAX, TwitchCon, um, any E3, any convention that has fandom, gaming, anything that you might consider nerdy or things like that, there's likely to be a Twitch streamer there. Awesome. So let's say there gets this next phase and there are people that are interested in, in streaming to support a their um, cause or their mission. Um, what kind of what kind of support or assets or you know um, other you know sort of pieces can organizations provide that are actually helpful for those content creators? Is it about like just the relationship? Is it assets? Is it marketing? Like what what makes that a good relationship on the creator side? So you can get five to ten creators that have a medium-sized following, and medium size can be variant depending on the size of your organization. And if you get them excited, they will get other people excited because they'll invite them to participate as well. So once you've started developing the relationships, it's really important you're available to fundraise. Every Every nonprofit website has a place to donate, but really that doesn't provide all the tools. So setting up on a platform like just giving or tiltify where you have all of these places that you can go and experience where the creator can get all of the tools they need that a charity doesn't you're not going to really invest in the tech structure it doesn't provide a lot of ad value to your website but it adds a whole lot of value for the creator and their customization how they do their campaign they don't have to fill out a lot of information so you've got the relationships and then you're on the platform that they can fundraise for and use their their streaming tools. Then the next thing is, you know, do you have a one pager that gives them bite-sized millennial bite-sized pieces of information? Our brains will remember quick, easy information. I like to tell people have an impact statement. If it's nothing that any, if there's anything that matters the most, it's an impact statement. My favorite is really simple. It's from Rise Above the Disorder. For every $30 raised, a therapy session is provided for those in need. You find out that it's a mental health charity, costs $30, therapy session, and somebody who couldn't pay for it. And while that's not their only program, it really provides an impact for people watching that's low enough that makes them feel like they could have an impact, even if they can't donate the full $30. Okay, so bite-sized pieces of content, um, impact statement. Is there anything else in terms of media kit type assets that organizations should be ready to have? on hand. Yes. Um, A 30 second, 60 second, or 90 second video that's kind of like a commercial, but it's less corporate and more about the impact. Not necessarily one of the videos where it's super pretty and it's 
like sunsets and people holding hands in the background, almost like those prescription type commercials. That's what comes to mind. With words across the screen, it's more like showing a little bit of that impact and bite-sized information, super quick, something that they could put on to like take a couple of drinks of water, catch their breath, put on while they're in a loading screen that will also help them with the information that they're not remembering to say this so that they could show it every hour, half hour. So for people who are listeners that may not have participated in a charity stream or even like gone to Twitch in the past, like can you talk a little bit about how these streamers make their content, but particularly charity content, like engaging for the audience, like what's, what's happening that makes people sit around and watch other people knit or do CrossFit or play board games or, you know, do Super Mario Kart, like what's going on there? So aside from the fact that they're able to talk to each other, the streamer through voice and the people in chat through typing in a chat channel, the donating aspect, making it, if they're knitting, it might be, I'm going to use crochet because I'm not a crochet. I don't know how to knit. But for crochet, it could be, I'm going to make this particular, like, 2D flat thing that takes me, and it's, like, a list of things you can use. Say it's, like, every $10 raised, I will do, like, I'll write your name into this overall blanket that I'm crocheting. I know some, like, artists that draw really well will do, for $5, I'll do a 60-second doodle, and they'll put on a timer And you'll give them, like, one or two words, and then they'll kind of come up with a doodle based on those two words. And they'll put it on, like, a larger sheet of paper, so, like, this whole paper is covered with these doodles. For fitness, it might be, you know, I'm going to squat every so many dollars. Or push-ups. For, Or it doesn't have to do necessarily with the content. There's a thing called Bean Boozled. They're jelly beans, and it's 50% tasty jelly beans, 50% jelly beans you wish you'd never had in your life. And it might be it. For $5, I'll eat one jelly bean, and when you pick up the jelly bean, you don't know if it's good or bad, and if it's bad, you're going to gag, and everyone's funny. Everyone thinks it's funny, so it's this, like, we're celebrating you being tortured, but we gave money <laughs> to charity, yeah! So it's, it's like, one of those weird things of, same thing of sitting at a bar of, I bet you won't do X, Y, Z for $10. Yeah. So the same kind of, same so kind of dare, factor. A bet dare for charity kind of. Yeah, except, except the streamer kind of sets it up. Sometimes you'll get someone in chat saying, would you do this? Sometimes it's like for men particularly, they get, would you shave your beard? Oh, yeah. And they're like, sure, I'll shave my beard if we reach this crazy number. And sometimes they do, and they shave their beard on stream. One time we had a guy agree to it, and their son has autism. And he didn't talk about it with his wife first. And she comes in the chat, and she was very upset. It was, it was an intense moment, but like he still did it. But he was like, I will never do it again because I can understand, like, you know, that's a big change for their household. Mm. And, but that's the easiest for, like, men who have beards. That's the easiest low-hanging fruit. They pick a high number and they're like, sure, I'll I'll shave my beard or dye my beard a color. My friend and her husband did a live stream once where, you've seen those YouTube videos where they, where a dad takes a vacuum cleaner to make ponytail, a ponytail on his daughter's head. I have not, but that sounds like I, something I should look up. <laughs> it's it's like it's like a dad hack for hair video or something, and it, it looks really good. We have boys, so I haven't watched any ponytail making videos yet. <laughs> so what they did is every ten dollars, her husband would take the vacuum cleaner and make a small ponytail on her head, and it just looked like torture for her because she was like, "Ow, ow!" It did not, it did not, because she's like doing like small pieces, and they were like fuzzy because they were like. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she had like all of these ponytails in her hair 
But, you know, she raised a couple hundred dollars doing it that way, and it was, it was quite hilarious to watch. Yeah. So the people lean into the, the I'm going to do something silly factor for money raised, and the viewers are like, I love this person. I watch their content. I feel a connection with them, so I want them to reach their goals, but also I feel incentivized because they're going to do something silly. Yeah. So those are all fun examples on the incentive side. What's the most interesting, like, fundraising program that you've uh, seen an organization run on Twitch so far? So when you, what did you like about it? Like, so when you say program, you mean, like, the... Like a stream. It could be a single stream that was a fundraiser or, like, an event where there were multiple streamers. Um, I would say probably Save the Children's Create for Kids is my, my favorite. It's focuses on the creative communities specifically, but my first year at Twitch, what they did was they allowed people who were fundraising to submit a submit a coloring page that they drew, mm-hmm. and they made a coloring book, and then everyone who donated $25 or $50, if you donated $25, it was like a digital copy. If you donated $50, they mailed you a physical copy, and so it was like this coloring book made by a bunch of Twitch streamers. So I thought that was, that was really unique. Like, the organization itself wasn't doing any of the streaming, but that was how they incentivized and made it a lot of fun for the creative people getting involved. That's pretty cool. So, so typically, you know, there's been a lot of different sort of approaches to this and it was kind of interesting. You're like, what do you mean by program? Because, you know, there are obviously different, different ways this happens. Can you talk a little bit about like the different ways that creators raise money on Twitch? Yeah. So the simplest way creators raise money for Twitch is them themselves, single person, their their setup, whatever that is, and their own personal milestones, and they're just streaming to their audience. Sometimes I'll ask their streamer friends, can you raid or host me? And I know those words are completely foreign, but it just means bring the people that watch you to my channel to support me during this event. Um, another way is they'll do, there's multiple creator streams where The first one is multiple creators in one place. So say you get like four or five people who stream on Twitch and they get together and they do one stream all together on one channel and combine all efforts and do it together in person. Or they might do it in marathon format, which is pretty easy to organize. And from a creator standpoint of you're like, we're going to stream for 12 hours and every three hours the streamer is going to change and they just they do a server backend switch on who's live on that channel and it's like a marathon and those these are all things that the creators run the charities just have to have the information available there's also IRL events which um, Guardian Con, Games Done Quick, Gamers Forgiving there's various formats for that Games Done Quick is probably the most widely known it's just a marathon but they play video games as quickly as possible these are all very skilled speedrunners that's a term most people are probably very new to, but it just means that they played the game for enough hours that you think they'd hate the game, but really they're just looking for new ways to beat the game faster, and some video games have really crazy records, like the first Mario Brothers record is like four minutes and a few seconds, and it's really crazy because you watch it and you're like, wow, the game's over already, and I still can't beat that game to this day, so. (laughs) Pretty cool. Um, and why do they why do they do it? I mean, obviously, sure, human beings human beings care care about causes. Some touch their lives, but like, yeah. what what's driving 
the growth and what's driving people engaging? So on a really basic level, there people are just like, I'm playing video games or streaming from my house. I'm sitting on my butt. Not really. It's a lot of it's it's a lot more work than it appears. But like it's the idea of I never got to leave. I never had to leave my house to make this money. And I am feeling so grateful and I want to give back. And this is my way to give back to the world. In some cases, on a like much deeper dive, a lot of the people that like I work with outside of work when I organize charity streams are veterans and it's their new way to serve. Like I still get to do something good. Other people are, maybe it's like they're not very large and so they team up with other streamers. So you'll get a lot of groups of people that are smaller and they will fundraise collectively. And it's, it's just about making this impact together. It feels, it feels good, especially when you do it in a larger group. Mm -hmm. It's why it's one of the other aspects of it is, this campaign, if a campaign you build gets large enough, like Extra Life or St. Jude, those campaigns are large enough that they don't necessarily need to recruit new new streamers because new streamers see, they're like, when I first started using Twitch, I remember Extra Life. I was like, what is this Extra Life, this thing that is going on? Because all of a sudden, every stream I went into or looked at was Extra Life. And I was like, what is Extra Life? What is this? This is obviously before I worked at Twitch. But that kind of effect is often how other people will get involved it's that FOMO factor. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you can create an experience that makes people feel FOMO, they'll fundraise just because of that. And they'll want to be a part of it and say they helped with the success mm -hmm. for no other reason than that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Cool. And we talked a little bit about why viewers donate on Twitch. Uh, sometimes to get people to do silly things. Um, you know, what all... Like, what else is driving that engagement on the donor side? So, sometimes, on a rare occasion, I'll see somebody who will come into a streams chat and say, this cause is really important to me, let me donate to it. And it's not that that person might not have gone to that charity's website, it's just that donating, when we think about money, we often don't think about instantaneous, the average individual doesn't instantaneously think of ways to give it away. There's... For smaller, for smaller incomes, there's not a lot of tax incentive. So it's often about like hitting that emotional connection. So for some donors, it's they join the stream and they're very passionate and very enthralled with the cause. Um, I see this most with mental health. I struggled or someone I knew struggled and or lost the battle with a struggle. And so I'm going to give some money. Um, that's usually newer people coming in. Most of the time, it's I love the person that's putting on the charity stream, and they're like, I just want to see them succeed. And the other last thing is the incentivizing. It's usually done through the content on the screen. Um, people like to feel like they have some kind of control and power, or they can, a better term even, is contribute. And so when they donate, and something, and that donation causes something to change in the content being created, they feel really connected and proud that whether it's something silly, like we watched a clip earlier of this girl eating a cricket, like that's probably a lot of people are like, eat a cricket, what? It's a dead cricket. And for whatever amount of money, she was like, I'll eat a dead cricket. And, you know, this person's like, I'll match that bet and then donate it and then she'd eat a cricket. It's kind of how it works. It's interesting. So, um, so we talked about how the streamers are incenting um, their viewers to donate or contribute. Um, do we ever see charities incenting 
streamers to participate in their um, charity events, or is that kind of like not not a big thing? So it can be. Um, larger organizations have the opportunity for cross-promoting, um, particularly if they work with a larger streamer. They're like, hey, we have these connections. We'll connect you to these people, or we will share with our email base that this live stream is happening and to encourage them to check it out. Um, offering, Finding a way to help increase their viewership during an event is a way to incentivize. Um, if the program is built around the idea that it's going to happen every year, things like a t-shirt with a year on it so that they try to quote, try to catch them all type of thing, mm -hmm. and they try to get the shirt every year, that's one way to incentivize, incentivize streamers. And it, it can be varied. It could be I'm going... One thing charities don't do for streamers that I kind of wish that they would make budget for. And this isn't, this won't work for every streamer and it won't work for every nonprofit, but when your nonprofit works in an area that does like such a drastic impact, like building wells in Africa, I know that it's like a huge stretch to take a streamer out to Africa and show them this process. But if the streamer raises enough money or they're large enough, it makes sense because then they can come back and they can share that emotional story. If it's for extra life, people are able to visit their local hospital. Mm -hmm. um, St. Jude does a summit every year where they invite a certain number of creators out from all the varying platforms based on their fundraising. If they've been before and they do a tour of a hospital and it is, so emotional and people they do it right before their fundraising season starts mm -hmm. and they take it back so if, if you're able to provide that kind of connection that sometimes can be really powerful especially mm -hmm. if it's something really really crazy like and it's hard too because sometimes creators will really want to live stream whatever it is they're doing to kind of capture it live and I know in some cases there's that recording or live streaming a part of human element at this at like the other part and so even if what you're trying to get them to do and you're like no you can't live stream but we still want to take you you can take you know videos and maybe record some stuff but no live streaming you know most of them will be very understanding especially mm -hmm. the ones that have built you know long-term careers out of it yeah and it's such a it's a powerful form of relationship building which you know I, you have um recently published a blog post on NP Engage under um, Twitch fundraising, under the nonprofit fundraising section, um, where you talk about year-over-year -year fundraising. And that feels like, you know, a key element of it. It's like, you're in this for long haul, build these relationships. It's it's really hard. Um, a lot of non nonprofits come to me and they're like, we want to do just this one thing, this one time. And it's like building a following. You never get to do one thing. I mean, sometimes, I like your phrase, lightning in a bottle happens, or it's very rare that you're only ever going to, everything's going to line up so perfectly, you only have to do something once. So just like you have to continuously go back to everyone that fundraised for you before, you have to do the same type of marketing every year. It's a year-over-year -year type thing. And so I always recommend if there's a type of fundraising that you do at a specific time to add in live streaming and say, like, even if it's a run walk, if it's, hey, you can't participate in this run walk, don't want to go outside, play video games, paint, do you stream on Twitch? Hey, instead of participating in the run walk, why don't you stream your event on Twitch? Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing. It can 
some people might even live stream their run walk. I know that there's a gentleman in Europe who emailed me and was like, I'm doing this 5k run and I want some resources. And he did a charity fundraiser where he ran, he was running the 5k. And I'm just trying to imagine running 5k, much less running 5k and talking to a chat at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's what he did and it worked out pretty well. And yeah. I think the other thing too, when they think about it is we talk about all these big fundraisers that have big numbers, the pretty average amount you're going to look is somewhere between the 200 and thousand dollar range of each of the campaigns so it is important that you continuously like build the relationship and no matter how big or small the creators are and if you come at it from an angle of I only want to work with the top creators then you'll have a harder time getting creators who aren't the top creators on board and those mm -hmm. are really going to be your bread and butter the top creators have to think about their image how many charities they work with is this somebody they want a long-term relationship with they have so much more brand imaging to think about than smaller creators they think about it too but when they think about charities they just get excited to help people mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like you've got an influencer program and those are they're celebrities essentially yeah. when you get to the top tier so um i love the the concept the framework of you're building a following this is something that's going to grow don't it's not a one-off thing so I, I think that's probably a good thing to leave our listeners with um, so thanks again, Allie. I really appreciate your time and your insights and all the great work you're doing at Twitch to help connect um, these creators with the causes that they care about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And if anyone has any questions, they can email me at charity at twitch.tv. Super. Thanks.